What's up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight. We are coming at you each and every week with a fresh weekend to debrief in an effort to send biblical truth. And what better way to do that than by the power of conversation? I'm one of your hosts, Caleb Pearson. Joining me again, Mark Francis. Mark, how you doing, man? Excellent. Doing good. great, Caleb. Good. Good to Thanks see you. Thanks for the greeting. Absolutely. Uh, and then again over here on my left, your right, Senior Pastor Marky Mark. Mark. How you doing, man? Very good. Thank good. you. Good to see you. Mm-hmm. So we got a couple seconds into the booth before Mark Francis commented on my apparel compared to the way he's dressed uh, and our pastor as well. Do you want to speak into that, Mark? doesn't or? take much. You well, know. So here's where I'm at with it. Okay. I'm on staff at a church. I'm 24, and I, I like the active wear, okay? Good. Active faith, Christian organization, super comfy, lightweight, breathable. Even See, Mark's nodding. He's about to preach in one of these this Sunday. Is that right? <laughs> No, he's like no, not a. He's like, not. He's not like not a chance, not a chance. Oh, you are looking sharp though. Well, I just Very dress good. for success. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I don't. You know, you know. It's always good if you come to an event or an activity just to dress just a hair above the way you should. Mm-hmm. See, I like to do a hair below, average it out. Okay, you know, bring bring you back down to earth. Perfect. All, as they say, all dressed up and no face to go. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, that's why masks exist right that's now. Right. right. That's true. That's true. Uh, what a good weekend, guys. Wow, church was awesome. Uh, let's dive into a Sunday in review. Uh, I was at the second hour Sunday morning. Mark, what what was your weekend weekend like? My weekend was being on the stage. Um, that's right. That's right. And uh, singing in Fellowship One and Fellowship Two, and uh, was able to kind of help go downstairs and just watch a little bit of what happened in Fellowship Three also. And so it's for me. I don't. It's it's a rare opportunity to kind of observe. Yeah. Um, but participating and observing over the weekend was great. I, you know, I love being being a part of church, and I love attending church. It's fun. Man. Can't go wrong. So so you weren't doing worship for FSAT? It's a different crew? That's a different crew. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I mean, now that we're back into our normal routine of having, you know, four, four. worship services and yeah. three different venues, we have three different teams of people and different worship leaders and different bands and musicians and vocalists, yeah. and it allows for a lot of people to engage. So that's what we were missing with you know, the whole real kind of quarantine and COVID and then really just only doing one venue is that there were certain people in our body who couldn't use their gifts and talents. And now yeah. we are full bore and it's great. And it's working well, if I, if I must say so myself. I, I, at first, it's a little awkward. You got ushers doing row by row. Now it's down to a science, dude. I know exactly. Calvin Poole was the usher. He told me, get up from my row. I was like, all right, dude, I got you. I know this, the system. We're able to be back. That's great. Um, and, and attendance is, uh, is, is ticking up. People are becoming yeah. more comfortable. Um, I think we're still probably about half of what we would normally be in person okay. uh, worship, uh, but uh, lots of people. There's probably hundreds of people watching online. A lot online. Yeah. So, I've noticed a lot of yeah. people moseying in throughout the service. That it is something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We can let the senior pastor reprimand those people. Right like who now, do we? Who do we want? I, we want to name names. You I know? don't know. I'd like to. I, I'd like to see you. You <laughs> give us an example of what what it looks like to mosey in. What, what's what's that I mean, look like? Strictly due to time. Well, the people filter in. Honestly, I mean, my response to it is I think when it was a very new thing for us with regathering and coming back in person, we did set up kind of the reserve a seat, save a seat concept. It's true. And we called people to come early, knowing that, that was part of it. So it, it still is important to get here early, in my opinion, so you can still facilitate that process to allow people to kind of enter safely, still have the time for fellowship, but obviously we're here to worship. So, yeah. you know, when that countdown hits three, two, one, go, it's, it's good to have people in the seats. Yeah. Yeah. I, but I still like to wonder, 
what people look like when they mosey in so, so or it's, saunter. It, it's they look saunter. like Caleb no, no, and active No, wear. I'm glad you brought It's not or sauntering. Swa swagger in? No. Is there kind no. of a swagger to some people no, walking that, that's, in? No, that's FSAT exclusive, I think. It, it's a mosey. It's almost mosey. this bow-legged kind of, and hey, bring me a Sheets coffee if you're going to be that late. Okay. That's that's where I'm at with it. Um, <laughs> Pastor Mark, which service did you go to? No, I'm just kidding. Um, so you were able to be up there uh, launching us into a Romans 6 sermon that I've been so excited about. Yeah. Oh, it's we're huge. back at it. At least introduced it. Yeah. It, well, that's what I was going to say is I told so many people. I was like, he's doing Romans 6. He's doing Romans 6. And then we get there and he barely does Romans 6. I was like, here we go. The foundation. 90% of sermon. <laughs> now everyone's open yeah. to Romans 6 right now. Yeah. Now it's yeah. time. To, Two minutes left. It was good. Though. I love it though. So what's, what's the thought behind that process, Mark, as, as you were flipping through Corinthians, Hebrews, the build up to the Roman study? Well, the, the thought being that the truths that are going to be found that are found in Romans 6, 7, and 8 are so foundational and so key for spiritual growth and spiritual development. Hmm. Um, they are um, they are the truths that I think pull people out of this danger of prolonged spiritual infancy. Hmm. And uh, so I wanted to set up that Romans six, seven, and eight with a little bit of a teaching on the the dangers of of spiritual infancy. And uh, because it is a major, I think it's a major issue in the New Testament. And Paul, as I went through these various passages, and, and other writers, uh, were concerned about it. So it, it's yeah. it's if it was a problem two thousand years ago, it's a problem today too. Well, sure. and that's that's what's good about it. Mark. I'll come your way over what you thought this weekend, but to to see us not gloss over it and, and immediately start in Romans six, read through it, and move on from it, but rather. Diagnose why it's so important. Yeah. Read a little bit about what it looks like to not fully understand that, yeah. um, and and bring it back to that. I think is I think is key. Yeah, I, I mean I have lots of thoughts, but two really first stand out. One in, um, is more subtle, but I remember um, years and years ago. So I started coming twenty years ago. So I'm right at the halfway point of the life of the church is mm -hmm. my attendance, and there was young adult ministry at that time connection that I was a part of. So kind of put myself in your shoes right now, Caleb. Yeah. So we have multiple generations here that we're talking. And I remember towards the end of that life of that ministry, Mark came in to uh, to preach one time at, at Connection. Mm -hmm. And it was on this Hebrews passage. Mm -hmm. And I think there's, I don't know if you remember this or not, but there's probably something that was stirring in you about the potential stagnation of young adults. And, and you came at us pretty hard of don't be infants grow up people so warning to you caleb warning that keystone it. if you know I if if, if mark sees stagnation he will come on a thursday night and give you that reprimand and, and preach this same passage to you guys they're the worst man so no, i'm just kidding that is yeah when it's before be <laughs> but it's it, it stuck it stuck out that because you know there's something about just that concept of whether it's stagnation or regressing or as you said retrogressing that that was really kind of my question, not even a question, but it's kind of a thought process through the sermon was, is that statement true? Is it really true that we are either progressing or regressing? Is there, is there a, this idea of stagnation or is that only in my own mind? I'm thinking, okay, I'm just in a coast, I'm doing okay. You know, so kind of, that was kind of, that was what hit me and made me really think about it and chatting about it in our community group last night was, do you believe that statement? And what really kind of is more behind the scenes of we might be thinking everything's okay, but we are really going backwards. Dude, I, so, hope, I hope it's true. I've been telling a lot of people that. 
<laughs> but I, I think it's it, to to think in that way is is so cool to bring out the importance of of Christ. I don't know if you want to address his question or even the yeah. I mean, that was one one thing that I was really mulling over is okay. Is that statement something that is a reality? Because you think of, I think you use a few analogies, but you know, going to the gym, lifting weights. You know, if you don't use it, you lose it. Concept and and muscles and and in our brain is kind of that same thing. If we're not really engaging mm. our minds to renew our minds towards scriptures and towards God's word and allowing his spirit to lead and guide our lives, we're going to forget about what that looks like. And we're going to forget about that, that that is the vital, essential heartbeat of our lives to rely on him and trust in him. And if not, we're going to regress back to that infancy state where we're still going to be carnal. We're still going to be fleshly. And I, and I think that, that, so for me, after really thinking about it and processing, it's true. But challenge us a little bit more of kind of how do you really get to that to that understanding that it's not just kind of laissez-faire, just I'm just going to hang out and do my thing, and then all of a sudden, boom, life is down in your 70s, and what did I do, you know, so. Well, yeah, I think the um, uh, the, the the instructions in the, in the New Testament are calls constantly to um, move forward as a disciple of Jesus Christ. So calls to... Um, put into practice, uh, certainly you have the first half of oftentimes New Testament books are the more doctrinal, foundational truths. You come to the second half, it's always these calls to now live it out, live it out, live it out. Mm-hmm. And um, you, you, we are either actively living out the truth that we're learning in some in some form or fashion, or we're not. And if we're not living it out, well, there, there is no spiritual growth then. I right. mean, there, there, right. you, 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 if you, if you are, if you think you're maintaining some type of equilibrium stat, status of neutrality, I'm, I'm kind of sitting here now. Um, I think that's a, it's a, it's a deception of mm-hmm. the evil one, and th- th- that which is another exhortation, oftentimes in the New Testament, where it says, you know, be not deceived, my beloved brother. Um, and we, um, the, 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 in, in the second Corinthians chapter 11, one passage that pops to mind is, um, where Paul warns the, the Corinthian church and uses this, uh, the story of Eve, but he says, um, uh, I wish that, that I would bear, that you'd bear with me a little foolishness, but indeed you are bearing with me for I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. For I betrothed you to one husband, so that to Christ I might present you as a pure virgin. But, he says in uh, verse 3 of Second uh, Corinthians 11, I'm afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, your minds will be led astray from simplicity and the purity of devotion to Christ. Um, we open ourselves up to de- deception. We're either growing in the knowledge of God's word and, and, and our walk with him, or we're opening the door to be deceived. If you're not actively growing, you are retrogressing. If we're not right. progressing, you're retrogressing. That's just the law of, sure. of nature. It's, sure. a law, when, it's a spiritual law. And spiritual awakening is not just for non-believers. Oh, no. Uh, we, we, need, we need that. We, we need to come to terms with that, that renewal process and that sanctification process and what it actually looks like for us, which I think is, I think is huge. And I instantly thought of 
the passage in Revelation. Maybe some of you guys listening thought of that too when you're hearing this concept of, you know, the writer John in Revelation 3 is going through different churches and he gets to the church of Laodicea and say, where are you? And he says, I know your deeds that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were cold or hot. Hmm. Be- so because you are so lukewarm and neither hot or cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. I mean, that's the heart of God saying, come on, people, like, get in the game. Like, where are you in this growth process? And and so God is essentially not looking favorably on people who are in that kind of stagnation or that regressing mold. I was having a conversation with uh, one of uh, our members after one of the services, Christy Vocal, and Christy is a... Is a scholar in her own right, I'd say, and and a, a student of the word, and um, has written some commentaries and books in the Old Testament. And she was sharing some insightful things related to Israel <clears throat> as a as 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 an example in the Old Testament, and specifically in the Book of Judges, because she's going through the Book of Judges, so be teaching the Book of Judges. Mm-hmm. And you've got this cycle in the Book of Judges where um, the people were walking with God, and then they forgot God, and they're not in neutrality. They fall all of a sudden. They're worshiping other gods. So God brings a judge, or brings a a nation to come and judge the people, and they're put into slavery for a period of time. And then they cry out to God, "Oh, we've you know we've forgotten right, you, God." Right. And and so he he um, graciously uh, sends a judge, uh, to, a deliverer to come and, and work with them, and they repent, and they, they get back on track again, and then they forget, and now all of us, it's like a wave. Yep. They move forward, and then they move back. And what one of the observations Christy brought out was that, and you see this in the book of Isaiah, is that um, you're, the, it's, it's like this picture of the land if you're not cultivating the soil, it's going to be overrun with thistles and and briars and thorns, and you see that the land becomes it's a, it's a sign of judgment, really. And so we're not we're not nurturing uh, our our relationship with God. All of a sudden, our life gets overrun with thistles and thorns. You've got to maintain. It's it's yep. it's it's a basic law, and God we see it everywhere in in gardening or wherever else. Mm-hmm. You've got to maintain it. Or it'll quickly get overrun. It'll and our lives can yeah. get overrun. In yeah. that no, way. no matter no matter the spiritual stage either, the call is the same to keep <clears throat> to keep growing. I mean, we're we're studying Galatians and Keystone right now, and Paul's talking to these young churches about how they. I'm astonished that you so quickly turned away from that gospel oh. to a different one. Right. Um, wherever you're at in that process, the the call back to God, the call back to growth, is going to be the same. The same remedy. Yeah. But that's how I thank the nation of Israel. Because you're using yeah. that example, and we have that those models of it's exactly what our lives are like, mm-hmm. and and you're explaining almost like what a mental picture that I have is relevant today of a COVID graph, right? As you know, flatten the curve. Mm-hmm. That's the idea, and you see all these news articles or stories of every day it's charted and it goes up and down, and up and down, and you see the trends going up, 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 and then you see the trends going down, and and that's our our hope and our goal is if we could measure our own lives and put a graph chart mm. every single day and graph that over the length of our lifetime as being a Christian, is the curve going up yeah. or is the curve going down? And I think, because you're right, every day is going to spike up or down. I had a really good day or bad day, like mm-hmm. the poem you read in the yeah. sermon. you know. Yeah. And, and so can we look at our own lives and assess ourselves from a standpoint of, is my curve going up? Yeah. 
Every day might not be going up. It'll be blips and up and down. But is the overall arc of my life going up and my always climbing? And is my curve going down or up? And how can we assess ourselves from that standpoint? And, and to assess ourselves accurately, because it's not in and out of salvation or a relationship with God, but it's the fellowship of it. It's understanding yeah. what, what that relationship looks like. Which makes me think also, I mean, we have these assessments that we yeah. do as a, as a church body. And, and it's meant to be very personal and internal. And we haven't done them in a little while, but they're, they're online. You can go well, and like, do that. Like spiritual gifts or? or the, with no. spiritual gifts, but we, we call the 120-day assessment. You know, oh, we can call it yes, that, yes. But okay. if you just go to fbcva.life slash fellowship at home, you'll find that. And if you haven't taken it in a while, take it and, and mark it. And, and that's why also it's so important to be in fellowship with one another. Right within the body, because we all have blind spots, and we we yeah. we may not see some of the things. This you know, and so we need to be in honest, and uh, as our counseling ministry has always used the term, authentic fellowship, right. authentic fellowship, where we're we're willing to be. Uh, Paul Tripp's book, an instrument in the hands of the redeemer. Mm-hmm. Um, we, it, it it comes down to taking seriously our Christian relationship. We cannot coast. If we, again, if we think we're coasting, we're 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 falling back. Right. Um, there is, um, you know, the world, the flesh, Satan. There are spiritual forces arrayed against us. The last thing Satan wants is to see Christians progressing and victorious and into the Word and applying it, having their senses, as the writer of Hebrews says, um, it's being. Um, um, developed and 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 um, by use by putting into practice the things they're learning. No, that's the last thing Satan wants. We're in a spiritual right. warfare. Right. This is not a political warfare. Right. This is this is spiritual warfare, and on any given day we can find ourselves slipping back. Now let's make those corrections. Yeah. Let's keep moving forward, but there is the sad reality um, that that is no guarantee, and I know there's there's a. A, a whole theology that would say um, yeah, that the the guarantee is mm-hmm. a is a is a projection that will always be up. No, it won't. Yeah. It, there is always no. the danger that it could slip. And the sad thing is, you're you can talk to some Christians, and their highest or their memory of their highest um, uh, fellowship with God, the most uh, wonderful communion with God, was back in college days. Hmm. And another forty years old or sixty years old, no, that's that's that that shouldn't be, right? And one of the key points that you made of just kind of the key principles is that one of the more markings, I think, it was put more negatively, but the positive spin was we should be teaching it, we should be passing it on to to say even if I learned something simple in the sermon this past week, you know what was that? And and are you in a community? Are you in a relationship where you can say, hey, this is what I found, you know, and you should be excited about passing it on too, and and then how can you impart, even if you think you don't have knowledge. I mean, you right. you you learn something, you glean something from the sermon, or listening to a podcast, or reading a book, or something. And and are you sharing that with others? And, and that's a marking of progressing. And if you're not, is that a mark of? And it's not to, it's not to teach people that do these things so darkness won't come. So that when when that darkness comes, where are you going to be? With the Lord. And Mark, you kind of mentioned it, the three inabilities to receive, share, and apply the word. So it's like, how do we how do we address that? How do we avoid spiritual infancy? And I, I think 
we need to be careful that the spiritual infancy, the answer to it is not church dependency. It's a personal relationship with Christ that you can, and I think that's where we'll go in Romans 6 of yeah. what, that, what that means and how that can enter our hearts and minds so that we, we start to serve in a church and depend on the church. But it's, yeah. it's because of that, not for that, so to speak. Um, and I just thought that was funny that another practical thing uh, Mark gave us on Sunday was uh, avoid boring teaching, which I thought was ironic. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. I'm just kidding. Um, but you, your illustration. Of the three of us, guess who's retrogressing in this? <laughs> Bring the word to life, right? The, 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 the narrative of the Bible is not a boring thing. Uh, and, and we can, and you see the, the, the personalization of it and the expression of it, and you see the joy on somebody's face from this scripture. It, it doesn't have to be so liturgical. But it I love how also you, you did say, I mean, it goes beyond just the, the senior pastor preaching. There's so many oh, of yeah. us that are in a, in, a, in a world where we should be teaching and we are teaching. I mean, you bring it down to the family level also. I mean, parents, you're teaching kids in, in, in how you live, whether it's passively or, or actually or not, or actually physically teaching them. How can you make God's word alive and, and real in your kids' lives mm -hmm. or your grandkids' lives or your nephew or your niece's lives or whoever you're around? Your spouse's life. I mean, there should be some level of enthusiasm and excitement to where it's packaged in a way that's not boring. Yeah. And and it goes beyond just the pulpit, you know. And so, how can we think creatively to say, okay, I'm not bored with God's word, and I want to impart that in somebody else's life. Yeah. And yeah. I appreciate that encouragement. Years ago, when our kids were little, and it's always a challenge um, if you're a young parent listening to this. I you know, I feel your pain. It's always a challenge to kind of figure out how to, you know, make it exciting and make it make uh, your devotional time fun. Um, so years ago, um, I went to a, this back in Nebraska, I went to a, a Sunday school convention. It was an all Nebraska state. It was a Sunday school convention. They had it every year. So I'm always looking for resources. What, 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 what can we do and, and stuff like that? And, um, they someone was uh, was uh, touting these uh, these cassette tapes of Bible stories and had music in the background and and you kids started to do motions with it you know so it was a Jericho you know Joshua and, mm -hmm. and so okay well, now march around the music would march and march and then you march so man th th this was great so we I got those tapes and my little kids we that would play that tape and we've got still some family videos of our kids <laughs> that are now in their forties or thirties and almost forty. Um, doing these little motions and doing the Bible stories, where it's very, uh, what's what's the rose uh, word that Rose Locke uses? The kinesthetic. It's very, yeah. you know, yeah. you're using Move. every movement yeah. and everything, and they're all engaged in these these Bible stories, and you know, so much better than sitting down and listening to Dad tell a, tell the Bible story. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, little my own little side note. So I was able to. Um, participate in the worship time this past weekend, but then also later on, my family is still doing home church, so we ever do the home church. And you never know what the mind of a 15 or 18-year-old person is thinking of when they're listening to sermons. One of the takeaways, you know, you can take this or leave it for what you want, is that you had great analogies, great stories, but it seemed that like one was a, a kid being on a railroad track. Another was a kid maybe drinking poison or, or touching a, a marble versus a diamond. Another was a kid falling out of bed and a mother couldn't catch the kid in time. It seemed he, One of my kids mentioned that it seemed very 
apparent that like the moms aren't doing their job or the dads aren't doing their job for the children. So maybe you can balance it out and have like some stories that are relevant for, for the kids either doing their jobs or not doing their jobs right. So that was his his uh, critique of well, the stories and the metaphors of the sermon. infancy <laughs> as a teen. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and, and I, had yes, a, I, right. had a, I had a question about that. Pastor Mark, the, the, the sarkanos mm-hmm. versus the sarkikos, the, mm-hmm. the infants in Christ versus uh, infants because of sin, you said? Yeah, the, the words are translated in all, all cases, fleshly, worldly, carnal. But they're little different words that indicated... Um, I think in, in Paul's mind, the, the intent of the author was to make something different. So sarkanas, well, yeah, you're, you're going to have a little baby, and that's right. there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But if that's prolonged, if mm. that infancy continues, and now you're 15 years old or 50 years old and still diapered and playing with a rattle, that's sarkakas. And that would be a word that the, the readers would have been seeing and understanding yeah, in that time. I think so. That's a common kind of so usage of that word. I don't know how word. common it was. I don't know if how much Paul coined or that. Or Paul making it up. Was yeah. he kind of, was it his kind of like uh, version of, I'm going to make up my own word and, and you can with, figure it out and Which he did it. sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. So it, so then it's probably hard to hard to tell who is, it's probably easier no. to tell who is Sarkanos than who is Sarku. So, okay. Yeah. I've met somebody sarcastic. How do I know if I'm a, in a sarcastic situation? Like that, oh, okay, there's, there's infancy there. There's young, a young believer, but it is due to sin, and it is something to correct and address versus just a sarcanos. In my mind, it comes across as an excuse to, oh, they're just young in Christ. They don't know. It. What's the threshold? If they don't know any better to now they do. Well, I, I, I don't know if you've known people. I've known people who have trusted Christ as their Savior, and I tell you what, they are out of the gates. They are they're they're ready to chomp on the beefsteak, and they're and they don't stop. Um, you know, Paul the apostle, they he'd go around in uh, uh, in the early church. He'd plant these churches, and it said like in Acts chapter fourteen, I, he came back that next year and appointed elders in every city. A year later, now these were people who probably were well steeped in the Old Testament out of the Jewish synagogues and they were you know those churches but uh, they were they were ready to go so I think we just have to be careful I, I don't I I I think the, the the maturing process begins immediately and it's not just content and that's you know what we talked about that before it's just not being able to a year later, fill a, a notebook and, and pass a, a seminary or Bible college exam on, on no, it's the, the, the practice of it. It's put into the use. It's their devotion to the Lord. It's their passion for Christ. And um, th- that's a maturing, um, even Paul said in Philippians, he said, not that I've already arrived or I'm already perfect. I press on. And there has to be that attitude of pressing on. No, I, I mentioned that, you know, if we had a magic wand and kind of waved it over people, we could kind of see, because you can't jump to conclusions right. and, and judgments over people. Um, but, you know, s- some well-worded questions in people's lives, which is good discipleship, I, I can go a long way to, to, to kind of root out where, where, what kind of soil is this, has this word been planted in? And, um, you know, how long have you uh, known Christ as your Savior? Tell me about that experience. 
And um, uh, what, what, what are some of the things that are exciting you now about the Lord? Or tell me what you learned this last couple of weeks. You know, we're, 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 you know, and, and people either get red faced and embarrassed because that's not even in there on right. the writer scope. I find myself some, I mean, years ago where it, it was difficult to verbalize what was in my head because I, I, I didn't practice it. I wasn't doing it. And now more on a regular basis, I'm able to verbalize and mm. communicate because I don't like to talk a lot. I'm not, I'm a big extrovert. And, and so now that I'm actually using it, putting into practice, verbalizing things I believe, it becomes more real in my life. And, and sure. instead of just internalizing it and, and not that that's a bad word, but I'm saying kind of, it's that combination of being in God's word and applying it, but then communicating it and and that allows that growth process to happen. Well, uh, it becomes practicing. part of your, your operating system versus almost this short-term regurgitation of sorts. I mean, I remember a, a lot of professors in, in school would learn it just until the test, and then you don't remember it a week and a half later. How often do we maybe approach a Bible study that way? Oh, we did Galatians 3. Let me get a snippet out of it for that night, and then a week later not remember, not remember what we studied. There's a lack of internalization. Or, or yeah. maybe appreciation for... And I, I, I kind of think that's what Paul was saying in Second uh, Corinthians 13, I think it is, where he says, test yourself to see if you are in the faith. That's really good. I don't. He's not saying to see if you're a Christian. You know, test yourself, see if you're right. a believer. He, and that's, I think, oftentimes misinterpreted that way. Test yourself. Are, are, you, are, you, are you walking in the faith? Are you, are you being richly rooted? Are you grounded? Are, are you experiencing the fruitfulness of the faith? And... Um, Examine yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, and so w w where do we go from this thing? I, I think those are the types of questions that believers have to ask ourselves. We, are, we have to ask ourselves and, and be asked of us. Tell me about your spiritual growth. Tell, tell me what's exciting you about your relationship with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that. And, and, uh, and uh, yeah, I guess you can fake it and all, all this stuff, but at some point, yeah. It, it comes if out. It's, if it's just habitual, it will come out. Yeah. I mean, I, over the last <laughs> several years and summers, finishing up college and being here now, a lot of contacts with young adults, old teens, young adults in the faith. And I've seen somebody, root, I mean, rooted, uh, serving, but when they're asked to articulate their salvation on the spot, right? they, can't, they can't do it. Yeah. They, they, they freeze up, yeah. um, and they're not able to articulate what they know and what yeah. the room knows they know. Because it's a little bit rusty. Those yeah. wheels are rusty. We just had uh, a service today for a dear uh, lady, a, a saint in the Lord, who went home to be with uh, Jesus, Judy Julian, hmm. uh, who had turned 80. And uh, they were sharing some of the things that they found in her, in her notebooks and diary and, and uh, devotional books. Things underlined and names and prayer things. Um, I mean, she... She kept growing. I mean, she, she, she kept climbing. It's a great example. Yeah. yeah. Cool. It, it, yep. You know, there was no, uh, uh, you have to find something that, she's, that she said 30 years ago or 20 years ago. No, it, this was ever current, ever growing. And that's, th those, are, those are people we want to be around um, before God takes them home to glory. I mean, yep. we want to be that kind of person, but it's being around those kind of people that stimulate that too. And, he, and even her family were saying, you know, she didn't, she didn't tout herself to be a highly knowledgeable or scholar, you know, but she was in God's word. She was trying to apply God's word in her life and was yeah. prayer. Prayer life was strong. 
her relationship with her family was strong. And, and yeah, she might not have thought she had a lot of head knowledge of God, but she was able to experience God. And because of that upward climbing each and every yeah. year, it was able to get to the point where she was just longing to be with him, Yeah, you know, yeah. which is great. Yeah. When I like that analogy that came up in the sermon, Pastor Mark, the, the kid fallen out of the bed, fell, fell asleep too close to where she got in, which mm-hmm. is, you think you get enough. Okay, oh, awesome, I have salvation. Uh, I've got enough. And I just think the more we know God, the more we realize we, can, we can't get enough of him. Yeah. Uh, dive further into that. It, it's counterintuitive to, to, to discover that treasure and stop a couple coins into that huge pile of gold. Like there's a... Well, I have two thoughts that pop into my mind right now. One is, why does that happen? Well, we looked a little bit at the parable of the soils. Mm-hmm. So there's the cares of the world. The, you can get easily caught up. And those are diversionary tactics of the evil one. Uh, it can be suffering. It can be something that happens, a COVID uh, you know, pandemic. It can be a uh, stock market uh, collapse, all, all sorts of things in life. And all of a sudden, we get derailed. Um, so I think we have to be aware of that. What could trip me up? What, what's, what's, what's possible? Um, but then uh, the second thought I was, I was thinking is that that's where we're going, the Romans 6, 7, 8. Yeah. So we, we, here is some wonderful opportunities. And anytime we get into the Word, anytime it's a small group, a, a, a ministry, a women's ministry, a men's small group, a worship service on Sunday morning, where the word of God is being proclaimed, these are every every one of those are opportunities that we can um, get fueled up and excited uh, and learn more about the Lord. But Romans six, seven, and eight, I, I think, uh, is is such powerful truths, um, and um, you know, hopefully, we'll be able to well that to my, deal with it appropriately. That and, was my key question for you. Bring us back yeah. to Romans for us. Take us, you know, why is spiritual maturity so invaluable and not resting in infancy. How does yeah. Romans 6, 7, and 8 really bring that home for us without giving the next yeah, well, spoilers, sermons for Spoilers, us. everyone. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just it going back to that, yeah. that verse 2 and that one question that we ended on this week uh, in the sermon is, how shall we who've died to sin still live in it? It's kind of like, what, I, I, Paul, Paul was there, he'd say, you, 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 you did what? You you acted how to your family? You're you're doing what? You know, you, uh, don't you realize that's counterproductive to to who you are? Who you are as yeah. as a, a yeah. person in Christ, your identity in Christ. Yeah. How shall we who have died to sin still live in it? And so he will now uh, build on that in the rest of chapter six. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll he'll give a little. Um, Reality check in chapter seven because there he is. Yep. There he is in sin. You know, the, he, he struggled with uh, Paul did with the covetousness and the good I want to do I don't do the very thing I do I, I hate. Oh wretched man that I am! You know who will set me free? And then he go. Then then we come to the glorious chapter eight. Uh, chapter eight. Thanks be to God. And the word Holy Spirit, which I think is found twice up until chapter eight, is found nineteen times in chapter 8. And he's going to tell us more about what it means to walk by the power of the Holy Spirit and all the resources that we have in Christ to live out the fullness and the richness of the life that we've been called to live. So anyway. And all of this, I think, speaks to the importance of of staying plugged in, 
coming to these services and being a part of them. You know, if, if you're coming and you're feeling like you're a, 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 an attendee instead of a member or, or a, a participating in the worship, that's what it's about. And I, you might have even mention it in the pulpit. Um, the average time of a yeah, Christian comes 1. to church. Yeah, 1.67. Sure. That's what, insane yeah. to me. But when, when, in my mind, the church life response of this past Sunday is like, buckle up for, for what we're about to do. And so to, to, to come to all of those services or, or see them and be a part yeah. of them, yeah. Yeah. it will magnify. So, Pastor Mark, I can't imagine how much they would miss if somebody does, let's say somebody comes one, point, one time in the month of August and it's Romans 7. How are they, right? They're missing. Yeah. I mean, how do they even get any of it? I feel like you have to see that big picture. Yeah, um, yeah you do. I let me just mention one other. I think positive example because I saw it Sunday. Um, a um, an an eighty five year old man who just lost his wife of some sixty plus years of marriage, who who went home to to, to be with Jesus, his wife, and there he is. Yeah, he's sitting alone, social distancing. He's sitting alone, but there he was, Joe Page, and give you a shout out. But um, you know, he's he. It was the value. He could he could be home. He could be, you know, uh, and no one would blame him for it. You know, this was this yeah. first Sunday without his dear spouse, but there he is. Look, we make choices every day. Are we going to run this race with endurance, or are we just going to hop off and and go? Grab a cooler and and you know refresh ourselves a little bit in in the ways of the world. Um, we are in spiritual warfare. We have to fight the fight of faith, and when we do, and stand before God one day and hear, "Well done, good and faithful servant," enter into the joy of the Lord. I First Corinthians two. I has not seen, ear has not heard, all that God has prepared for those who love Him. And somehow I think there's far too much complacency in the believing body, the body of Christ. And yeah, we can say, oh, they're not even believers. Well, okay, maybe some aren't. But I tell you what, you, just because they're dull and complacent and dull of hearing doesn't mean they're going to hell. Right. And, and you know, that stat, basically once a month, and, and church and corporate gatherings is not the end-all, be-all also. That right. should be just the pinnacle and the highlight and the culmination of your worship experience during the week. And so it's so sad to yeah. hear that, that is the, that's the shallowness of our culture it's and box Christian to today. Yeah. That is that, okay, I'm going to check the box when I can, but then where are we the rest of the week? I mean, and that's where the, the call of this sermon is drawing us to say it's not just coming to church and just checking the box. It is growing. It is climbing. It is continually understanding who God is during the course of the week. Yep, and, and and church is just the highlight or the pinnacle in my yeah. mind of that time. And and if right now you feel more comfortable to do it online, well then do it online. Yeah. Do it together. Do it as a family, mm -hmm. uh, but don't neglect that. And when you are doing it online, just don't skip to the sermon, you know, or skip the sermon and just go to the music. Do it all. Take it all in. Experience the fullness of that sixty minutes, sixty-five minutes and enter into the presence of the Lord. Plus, you can yell amen as much as you want in the comments, and it doesn't really disrupt anybody. Yeah, I won't call you out. Yeah, I won't call you out. You yeah. don't want to see what they're saying about you, man. I'll be honest. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But no, that's so true. And and so you mentioned this towards the end of your sermon. Prolonged infancy increases danger of spiritual disaster, right? The world is growing in its problems. I don't think anybody on planet Earth disagrees with that right now. We've got to be growing in, in our awareness of the ultimate solution, because if we don't, it's so hard 
to have a positive outlook without yeah. God. Like it, it used to be okay. I can understand why they're positive. Look at their life. Look at all they got going for them. As that stuff has gotten shaken, 401ks, whatever, shaken, gone. Yeah. What remains? And and I saw God. a great. I mean, it's just a little news snippet this morning of storms in the Midwest and things like that happened. And a guy was interviewed and a tree had fallen on his car. He's like, well, you know, I mean, just with COVID and everything else around us, it's prepared me to where I realize that these things are not in my control. You know, and so people's ears are ready to hear the fact that a tree fell on his car, you know, COVID and just the the craziness of life today is allowing people, shaking them up to a point to where they may yeah, have yeah. ears to hear that yeah. they don't have control and there is a God out there who loves them and cares for them and they might just come and, and put their faith and trust in Christ the because great, of that. The great reformer, George Whitfield, uh, the story goes he was uh, uh, with a friend who was bemoaning, they were walking uh, together in England and and he was bemoaning the, the status of his life and all the hardships and it just just basically whining. And uh, Whitfield was taking this all in, and they came to a part uh, where uh, he saw this cow who had its head over this big stone fence. And so he told his friend, he said, uh, why, why is that cow looking over that fence? And he kind of thought it was, you know, odd that I'm ch trying to share my problems, and he's looking at a cow. And the guy said, I don't know. And Whitfield said, because he can't look through it. And his point was, and he went on to share with this guy, look, here is the stone fence of our issues of life. Now, we can choose to look at the stone fence, or we can raise our head and look beyond it to the Savior, to the God, mm -hmm. who is the sovereign Lord of all of that. Mm -hmm. And so people who are stuck in prolonged infancy are only going to look at the stone fence. Yeah. And part of maturing is to see God in the midst of all that and his glory and his wonder. And as you grow, that fence will seem shorter and shorter, yep. and God will seem bigger and bigger, and it's comforting. It's not a whole life of hopelessness or despair. It, it's, oh, this is of, who I am. That's one of our major purposes, me being on the worship team, is to say our job is just to put the spotlight on Christ, to lift people's yeah, heads from down to up. And, yep. and if we can do that in a 75-minute time, whether you're online or in the building, like, job done. Yep. Yeah, it's awesome. Mark, what can we uh, point people towards before we get out of here? We'll still be talking about the 40th. You know, I, I, well, I do need to memorize to this. Okay, Sunday, memorize Sunday, September 6th at 10 a.m., outdoors. Is that yeah. correct? Outdoors, outdoors, Outside. outdoors. Because Absolutely. that didn't, wasn't made that clear Sunday. Well, let's make it clear. If you're yeah, indoors. Outside. It's outdoors. Outdoors. So as you, as we have done a couple <clears throat> times this year, bring your, bring your uh, chairs, bring a picnic blanket if you want and again food will be there but it'll be at cost uh, a good a decent low cost but if you don't want to even spend the money bring a bag lunch with your family hang out and mm -hmm. uh, enjoy people come early because there's going to be things happening earlier there's going to be food afterwards as well but 10 o'clock is a start time so just as we were preaching here in our podcast right now don't be late don't stumble in and uh, and stagger in because there'll be plenty of uh, open spaces out there in the field but Get there. It's going to be a time to celebrate. It'll be things That's you want so to miss. That's so cool, man. Uh, 40 years. You've been here 20? Yeah. So How I'm, old are you? Are you allowed to say that on air? No, I'm not allowed to say Dude, that. Dude, come on. How old are you? I don't know. Do the math. I'm a 75. You, you a look younger. Than, all, all I know is you look younger than you are. That's all I'll say. Um, and pray for good weather, right? The, the ten, It doesn't often... 10 a.m. is a good window for weather, but pray for good weather. Yeah. Um, should be good outside. 
Pastor Mark, any final words, brief yeah. jokes? Uh, my wife is calling me. Uh, so, uh, okay. Uh, no. I, hey, just, phone her in. Phone her in. No, no right. Yeah, she's probably telling, <laughs> you know, um, hey, uh, if you're going to mosey or saunter or swagger in, just do, do it, it at the 10 start. minutes before the service starts. <laughs> exactly. That's so good. Uh, just a reminder to our listeners, thank you so much for being a part of the show. You can always do that at fbcva.life slash sermon spotlight. HD video goes up on YouTube each and every week, normally Tuesday nights. You can take the listen links all over the place, Spotify, Apple, all that good stuff. The fact of the matter, everybody, is that sermons are not meant to just take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Until next week, much love and God bless.